Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you a personal story of mine. The year, let me set the stage. The year is 2004. I had just got my first paycheck from working a job after turning the age of 16. I go to a friend's house and I'm like, dude, I got 80 bucks. Let's get some beer and alcohol. He's like, yeah, let me go get my dad. And so his dad runs, and this is in Mayfield, so it's a dry county. So his dad and one of his buddies run to the liquor store, get some wonderful moon Mad Dog 2020, a couple of cases of Bud Light, and we come back to my friend's house. And the night turns into a wonderful 16-year-old drunken stupor between me, two friends, my friend's dad, and one of his old Vietnam War buddies, as we spent two hours of the night drunk singing Changes by Black Sabbath. And ladies and gentlemen, what we're doing tonight is going through changes. We're going from the ch ch changes of year three to the start of year four, to a bigger, fatter, more Thunderdome, Thunderdome. Welcome yeah. to our fourth Black Sabbath album in the beginning of year four. I am Tracy Newport. With me, as always, are my brothers from other mothers, Ben, David, and Gabe. How are you doing tonight, gentlemen? I mean, I assume the change you were making was firing the three of us. But other than assuming I was fired, I'm great. Year four, bitches. I am completely snowblind at the beginning of year four. Year four. What can be said about that other than why? Um, but here we are. Many, many, many albums done. Tracy, how many albums have we done in the last four years? Was pondering that this in morning. the last four years. Um, let's is there see. is there a timeline where we've been doing it longer? Like, well, what? no, I wasn't expecting it, or else I had together. So that's uh, you would have written a, a algorithm to figure. Yeah, it out. I would have done. So, but that's that's not bad. Computers come with this nice little handy dandy thing called a calculator on them, so it'll take a couple minutes or a couple seconds. Once I so get we're going to log off, whoa, ladies and whoa. gentlemen, for an hour. <laughs> well, while you're doing that, I'll go ahead and give the uh, details on this album. Volume four, ironically enough, the fourth studio album by Black Sabbath, released September 25th, 1972. So we have still not caught up to a time when anybody who was doing the podcast was alive. Recorded at Record Planet in Los Angeles, runtime of 42 minutes and 18 seconds, released on Vertigo, produced by Black Sabbath and Patrick Meehan, the band at the time of recording, Ozzy Osbourne on vocals, Tony Iommi on guitars, piano, and mellotron, Ezer Butler, bass and also mellotron, and Bill Ward on drums and percussion. And I have to say, I mean, it's the 70s, still, early 70s. It is. Um, but this album cover, not not the best of their four thus far. <laughs> I mean, all of them were done in a hurry, I feel like. But this is, for sure. This feels like they just took a negative Aussie and like, let's paint it orange and just be done with it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's what they did. The, the weird thing is this album, this is, first of all, the one I know second best after Paranoid. I didn't know Masters of Reality as well, because my friend Brian listened to this album a ton. Two, just the this is the first time they had almost unlimited money, like right because some of those other albums recorded in ten minutes in a sewer. And this album, they were allowed to spend depending on what you read between sixty and sixty-five grand 
on. In 1972 money. Yes, that's over half a million dollars in 2022 money. So they spent like today, like over half a million dollars recording this. Though according to Geezer Butler, they spent another 15 grand, so $75,000 on cocaine during this recording session that was uh, that's that's yeah i was gonna say what percentage of that was uh no no, that's a whole other that that would be a total of like 135 of which 75 was below and um it had its own budget had its own budget i I assume it was was a line item directly it was a line item item. so uh (laughs) it took about 60 grand or 65 grand and then 35 grand worth of cocaine to make this thing happen. They were also told, you want to play mellophone? Fine. You want to play piano? Okay. Like, they, could, they couldn't get away with that. Well, they weren't even allowed to name their second album what they wanted to name it. Yeah, they did have a different producer on this one, but they'd made all kinds of money by this point. Oh, God, yes. Out of kind of nowhere, to be honest. Correct. Because, like, they're, I mean, this is their fourth album, and they've only been a, been recording albums for, like, two years yeah it's like two and change it's absurd yeah yeah so because i think they recorded in 69 but released in 70 for the the original but um so yeah it's like okay (laughs) you guys need all this blow to keep going because now you got to tour this fucker yeah the last album was the weed album they so they profess this is uh this is the blow album i guess this is the yeah. disposable income. Every band, one. every band has to have one, right? Agreed. It's a, it's a, <laughs> well, it's a it's Motley Crue. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. yeah. It is written. Um, Gabe, did you know this album? I feel like you knew the other ones. I um, well, I was actually only so my first uh, podcast episode was Masters of Reality. So, um, that was my first time with that record, and it was my first time with this record all the way through. Um. Of course, I knew a couple of songs uh, going in, um, but essentially it was a new experience for me. That's cool. Um, I do want to call shenanigans on you, Cape, for one small infraction. Your first recording weekend with us was the Static X Blast. Well, I mean, the first uh, Sabbath recording with you guys. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, I did, I did that. That was the first one. That's correct. <laughs> That's like, not right. Only you, Tracy. You would have been like tonight, like staring at the ceiling, thinking that gave mine too. (laughs) I mean, they were they were like a week apart. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. Just watching the fans spin above me, I was like, "Gay fly tonight." I've got to go and edit. (laughs) (laughs) Chasey's phone. There's like mailboxes just full of people being like, "You fucking asshole!" You fucking lied. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So we edit the episode and your voices would replace with his. My first album was he's just like dumb over it. Like well, I noticed, I noticed though that Tracy did not go back and edit the ending of the last release to change what this week's release was supposed to be. So I did actually. I didn't edit uh, it out. I I put a post it at the end of it. Oh, okay. I didn't you mean, like on your part. computer screen, you put a yeah. post yeah, was... out. <laughs> <laughs> just... But Enough of that inside baseball shit. How many albums have we done? We have done 475. So this is our 476 album <laughs> for Thunder Dome. Like Two thirds of those have been Slayer. <laughs> yeah. In David's fantasy land. In my mind. Approximately half of... where Paradise Lost. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's Paradise true. Lost and Guar. That's <laughs> Paradise Lost and Guar. And Guar, yeah. Uh, we're gonna go through a hundred Aussie albums, y'all. That's coming. Yeah, we do, we do, and then we're gonna have to do include that number of Motorhead albums. Uh, all right, so I guess let's go ahead and jump into this. Um, what about you guys? How um, 
because I was asked whether this was like my first rodeo here with this album. What about you? I knew it because my friend had it and because I got curious because of some of my favorite songs on the Activity in Black albums. So these were cover albums by like, you know, Fear Factory and Ministry and uh, Nine Inch Nails. Oh, Super Not was covered by Nine Inch Nails. And that song was so good. I was like, which, which one is this? So uh, I had a couple entrees into it. That being said, I mean, I haven't listened to it straight through since, dear God. 1995 six somewhere like way back then when my when i was hanging with my friend in high school so it's been a long time since i spun this record but this is the one i knew second best after paranoid um i this is probably of the four we've done so far the least the one i've known the least actually i've actually spent more time with the other because i mean I dipped my toe into Black Sabbath waters, but I never really like, oh, I'm always in this album. It's always been like a greatest hits collection in the sense when it comes to Black Sabbath. Because it wasn't in the PX where you were buying Lincoln Park. It wasn't, <laughs> and it was always like, oh, Black Sabbath, I know the the songs I need to know by them. I didn't really like, you know, have the hagiography and history with them, and Thunderdome is now providing out for it. So this is one of the four we've done so far coming into it. The one I've known the least, actually, even with that total added to it. Um, did we want to do end of year details or? Yes, we will, but let's go ahead and talk about this album. We'll okay. take that on towards the end. Um, so this is an album that has been with me, um, almost as long as the other Black Sabbath albums, because uh, I think I bought, I got Paranoid probably before the others, but I think I got the other three at the same time of these four, first four anyway, because, you know, that was the, the canon. Um, it was like the first four Black Sabbath albums are the shit. Everybody always references that. So I, I did have them and did buy them pretty early when I started listening to metal and I've had them for a long, long time. Um, one. So, yeah, now this is the one of the four that I probably listened to the least. It does have some really great songs on it, but um, for some reason, I think that the the other, it might just be because this one is slightly longer, at least than a couple of the others. Um, and like David said, the Nativity in Black albums were great. Um, the version of Supernaut that is on there by the A Thousand Homo DJs. That's right. Is, yeah, Al, Al Jorgensen and Trent Reznor. So you might as well say Ministry and Nine Inch Nails together um, is fantastic. So good. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I think that this is you can tell that they have a freedom on this album that they didn't have on the other albums because they do, they, they bring in the Mellotron, they bring in the, the, the piano um, things. It's, it's funny because for an album that apparently was written on copious amounts of cocaine, it doesn't feel like it's white knuckled all the way through. I agree with that. I assume their metabolism had reached beast mode. And so at this point it was acting as a downer. It's like yeah. Ritalin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is their ADHD, ADHD medicine. Well, that's probably somewhat true with Ozzy. I'm not joking, actually. Yeah. Yes, indeed. I think there is an element to that. Well, brokers banging it out. There are different, and we don't have to get into this. I can imagine it, having been around artists. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, unlimited money, unlimited flexibility. I mean, fucking pianos happening. They were not doing any of this shit. As I said, they weren't even allowed to name their own album the second time around. You're going to piss people off. No, not War Pigs. Uh, <laughs> no, no, you I don't. I think it's interesting um, to hear uh, you talk about this being a place where they feel comfortable experimenting. 
Um, I think that comfort can be seen, uh, but I think that it's not as successful as perhaps the experimental moments on Masters of Reality, where they were kind of dipping their toes in and weren't really sure what they were doing, and maybe not always 100% um, free to, to do what they wanted to do. Um, so while this album may be more daring, uh, I don't think it is as uh, cohesive or as um, ultimately successful because of because of that. Um, I don't know if for me this album came across as much more of the four we've done so far. Definitely the most polished, the most well produced, and it's due to them having that time to spend with it and actually kind of like knuckle everything down to like exactly how they're wanting to do it you don't have this i mean <laughs> their first time was recorded in like 10 hours in the studio and it's like all right we still we broke into the studio at 10 o'clock at night we got it written and recorded we got to get out now before they send us to jail and while i do agree i think it does kind of change up and try doing little things but i mean they've always kind of had this speed and kind of like tone changes in them whenever you like planet caravan they've and depends on how much they also want to lean to lean into their blues roots that they started with. Like what you see with like I think War Pigs, while it's got some heavy sizzle, it's got some of their bluesier stuff in there. But I don't think the disparity between the songs and style hurts this album that much. Well, I think it, I don't know how you quantify that much. Uh, and I guess we'll do that when we get into grades. Because I do with, agree with Gabe that I think that this is weaker than the other three albums. Um, how much weaker? Mm, hard to say, because there are still some monstrous songs on here. But you can kind of tell. I mean, they have always, they're still following the Black Sabbath trademark formula in that they have some heavy songs, a couple of bluesy, they throw in a couple of instrumentals, but it's, it's, it goes beyond just the instruments that they're using, like the piano and the mellotron that they brought in. Uh, the the vibe is different. Um, they have moved away from some of the the political stuff, although there's still there's still some political. But this is a much more overtly drug um, influence, except for Sweet Week, which was on at an earlier album. I don't think, like, I will agree with you. I think this is probably of the four we've done the my least favorite one of them. But I don't think, compared to how Gabe was talking about, like, that, the way he phrased it, sounded like a letter grader drop, lower drop. And I don't think it's that much of a drop for me. It may very well uh, not be for you. I think that, you know, it's hard also because there are some really awesome moments on this record. I just don't think it's it really lacks the consistency that some of the other records have, especially Masters of Reality, as I remember it. It's certainly less political and paranoid by a good amount. <clears throat> and I think even to a certain degree, Masters, I think I'm more forgiving just because I have nostalgia for this album uh, and I like the vibe, but I, I do take that it doesn't have quite the consistency of Paranoid or Masters. I have to admit, I don't know the first one very well. I wasn't here when they reviewed it and I've heard it, but it's been a long time. So I don't have a good comparison there. Um, I like it. I mean, it's still Sabbath. 
Yeah. Well, like their first album is like 95% blues, 5% metal. If you want to. Yeah, that's what I vaguely remember. Again, I haven't heard like it in years. But... Very, like they got some harmonica in there. They've got a lot more kind of like. Sure. Birmingham blues, not quite Alabama I mean, blues, but the. Yeah, they're, as we've talked about in other cases and theirs as well, they're not like, it's not a genre. They're just doing, I mean, the blues thing is a genre, but in terms of like, there's just not much else out there doing, yeah. I mean, you know, because Led Zeppelin is approaching this and it's deep purple, but not, it's still not this. I still think this is darker and heavier than most of the other shit in 1972. Even if this is, we could argue maybe a little bit, not exactly corporate suit, but maybe. I don't know. The experiments don't land as well, as Gabe put it. it. It's cleaned up in an interesting way, like, but it's also kind of uh, they they take the time to pursue those experiments. And maybe they shouldn't. Um, is that what I'm not. I'm not saying they should or, or they should or should have. But I mean, I think that um, if you're going to talk about a music experience that is um, enjoyable for some uh, consistency of quality right um which is not why they made a record <laughs> uh then you might be disappointed that's all um and i'm just you know as always i'm usually just speaking for myself you are but one man and can do no less but also i mean it's art like you know you can't ask them to like i don't know especially especially if they have the freedom to do what they want to do why would they do what someone else wanted to do well, and, and to that point, you know, this we should also again point out that this is a lot of content really, really quickly, um, combined with the touring and stuff. So I'm sure that they, you know, fuck, even though they're still doing it fifty something years later, um, playing war pigs every night, you know, I'm sure that they were ready to to do some new stuff. Um and to David's point about like darker in some ways than anything else that was coming out in 72 the other stuff that can be considered heavy metal you know you have a, a couple of uriah heap albums thin lizzy deep purple maybe the first scorpions album so yeah not a whole lot of what we would consider and we would probably have debates of whether some of that is heavy metal or hard rock and you know sure. at that point as we've talked about ad nauseum this early yeah this earlier, there's really not much of a difference. Um, but so, yeah, I, I see that, you know. Drugs are an influence. They were an influence on earlier albums as well, as we've talked about. They were well-established road warriors and been, had been doing a lot. Um, they have a new producer in the studio and have a freedom that they haven't had. So, yeah, all those... It is honestly amazing that this album coheres as well as it does under all of that. Well, there's some good news. Ozzy has yet, as far as I know, to do lines of ants off the ground. And Tommy Iommi and Geezer don't want to choke each other yet. And you know, so there's some there's some good news as well. Because all no that just to come. Been. Yeah. That's uh, like two, three albums down the line. What are you going to say about Bill Ward? Uh, he hadn't like drink to the point where everybody was calling it a problem indeed yeah they had a huge amount of riffs in the fucking can going into those first couple of albums it's one of the reasons they were able to put out that much in that little of a time mm -hmm. um by this point i don't know like every riff they ever wrote is like the basis of 10 other songs <laughs> as we'll be discussing <laughs> later this evening i mean you know it's yeah yeah 
but I mean that's just kind of came with the territory for them. Territory for them, and I think cocaine might have been needed to get this album out because you think about it, this is the fourth album in two and a half years, three years kind of deal. Just yeah. needed. <laughs> needed. I don't know if you would have got this album as soon push as a T over there. <laughs> push a T, exactly. <laughs> a penny to fool all it. <laughs> You to increase your prolificness in songwriting through this white powder cocaine. Well, uh, David, <laughs> Tracy's really selling it. Yeah, I just read that what Ozzy and the boys wanted to call this album was Snow Blind, and the record company's like, "That's too obvious." <laughs> Guys, <laughs> we wanted to call it Hookers and Blow, but the Snowblind was choice yeah. too. Yeah. Also, Volume Four is a really strange choice. It really is. Even if you can't call it Snowblind, which is like, I mean, it's one of the songs on the album. You could have picked another song in the album, maybe. Could have. Yeah. <laughs> but they like Volume Four, it's like changes. Yeah, they kind of lead it. I always go ahead, David. No, they have a lot of other choices. Yeah, I was so... <laughs> they did have a lot of other choices. Um, I was just going to say that I always thought that that was more of a homage to Led Zeppelin and how Led Zeppelin titled albums, but I have no proof of that. That was just... That made I, sense in my head. I assume them and dickweed executives are yelling at so, so much. This is the thing they could agree on. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's a, an amazing story. I mean, when you've done that much below, I don't know, they're Black Sabbath. And they go right back on the road the minute they throw this out, too. But I just keep doing it. It's crazy, even for that era. You know, we, we comment often on the productivity of that earlier era, but this is bananas. So I guess they needed the they needed it. Push your tea. Push your tea. I'm glad you guys can come around to my viewpoint on this. Now I'm just picturing Tracy slaughtering chickens at 2 a.m. Just snowballing. He needed the, he needed the productivity. You need it. You need that productivity. <laughs> so, many, reason, so many more chickens needed killing. There's a reason we can't see his face right now. He's just like out there like a Scotch Irish 20 Montana. So snowblind, snowblind. Oh, I'm glad you guys are putting out there neat. <laughs> one had to yeah um shall we talk about some tracks let's um yeah let's do it what's what our newcomers gay won't you be first since you are our youngest the on the boat yeah. here <laughs> the least okay. tenured let's go with least tenured the thunderdome cruise everyone is all of us have tenure damn it well in any event um I think I already mentioned that I think this is kind of a hit or miss album. Um, it starts off very strongly, uh, but the first side finishes weak and the second side kind of dips in the middle. Um, so I think that my favorite tracks are Wheels of Confusion, Tomorrow's Dream, Changes, Snowblind, Cornucopia, and Under the Sun. Um, what I think is sort of unfortunate um, is that Changes is an incredible song, but I don't think that the production or Ozzy's voice really does it justice. Um, it sounds weird and out of place, and Ozzy doesn't manage to screw it up too bad, but I don't think his voice can really go where the song needs to take it. Um, I've heard a cover song, which is also like the unfortunate part about this, is that um, I heard a sort of a uh, soul singer um, 
like a sort of a Motown sure. type soul singer, like attack this in um, the 2010s and just totally wrecks it on the emotional scale. It's like a, it's like a 12, you know, it's like out of 10. Um, and did ever have just... a breakdown? <laughs> you, you would think so. Um, think so. A, an emotional breakdown. Um, like if you, I think I sent you all guys, you guys, the video in our group chat, uh, the guy, it's basically the guy, like having a breakdown silently in front of you. <laughs> and, yeah, it's, it's a nightmare. But anyway, um, I think those, the songs that I mentioned are really, really great. And it makes it really difficult to kind of, uh, kind of pinpoint a judgment on this album. But anyway, that's my, that's my piece. Are we doing this in order of a, of descendancy? What are we doing, Tracy? Let's do descendancy, yeah. Um, I think this album is awesome. It's open, strong, I like Wheels of Confusion. Um, Donald Dream is okay. I think Changes is quite powerful, though I admit Ozzy, I don't know. His voice is better than it is later. So, um, But my favorite part of the album is the run of Supernaut, Snowblind, to Cornucopia. Those songs are awesome. Uh, love Supernaut. So I actually really like the middle of this record. You know, the eight and nine are okay, and then I really like the closer. So it's sort of like a double-decker sandwich. But um, there's not a bad song on here, in my opinion. And it's maybe a little long. I'm sure Ben is probably, well, 42 minutes. That isn't too bad. That's, I guess the other ones are probably about that long. But it's a fun record. It was really nice listening to it. This cover is real stupid, y'all. Sorry, I'm just looking at it as I'm scrolling down. Why? I could have called this album Supernaut. I could have called it. Tomorrow's dream. I could have called it same fighters. Cornucopia oh, under the sun. Wheels of confusion. Land of Tomorrow's confusion. dream is a great one. I think tomorrow's dreams. They could have, anyway, they were pissed because I couldn't call it hookers and blow. So this is what we get. Yeah. Uh, uh, I guess Ben, given he's not the spreadsheet. Well, <laughs> I was going to yeah, ask. Yeah, so not the spreadsheet. I guess we got to go next. Well, I was going to say the actual idea for Thunderdome came from Ben's brain, and he brought it to me over at dinner at Buffalo Wild Wings one December. So Ben is the godfather, so he can go last on this one. Um, I've much, I really enjoyed the front half of this album from Wheels of Confusion to Snowblind. I think about Corner and Cup we were on, it kind of falls off on the back end. But really, the best parts of this album is Change is Supernaut and Snowblind, though. So I think Wheels of Confusion is a pretty strong opener. I'm not super sold on Tomorrow's Dream. It's okay. But Changes, great song. I agree that Ozzy's voice is a little weak for what it's going for. But he still managed to convey the emotion. So uh, I will give it credit for that. Um, and as somebody who listens to Bob Dylan, I can't really complain about anybody else's voice. Uh, Supernaut, uh, to me, that is the track on this album. I mean, it is the best track by far. Um, I love Snowblind, Cornucopia is good. I actually like Laguna Sunrise, where they're just like pseudo spaghetti western instrumental thing that they were doing there. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, really not a ton of bad stuff on here. I could have done without the first instrumental, but the, where it hits, it hits marks. Again, as much as I love Supernaut, Snowblind is also a hell of a track. All righty, guys. Grades. Um, ben, start us off. A minus. 
It's not quite as good as the other three, but it's still great. And there's a slight legacy bump there, I will admit. I'm right there with you, A minus as well. That's what I gave their self title debut as well. And I think this is right about on par with it, maybe just a little step down. So if this is their first one's a 92, this one's a 91. David. I think about the other albums I've given an A minus two, and I cannot put this in that same place. So while I agree it's weaker than the certainly than Paranoid or Masters of Reality, you know, I gave Paranoid an A plus, obviously. I gave Masters an A, though I was really thinking more like a 96. I'll give this a 94. I still I have to give this an A just because of what it is. And, you know, I'm a brand loyalty and I'm very nostalgic and it's fucking Black Sabbath. So, and ultimately I'm only off from you all by like three points. We're not talking about a huge spread here, but I'm going to come in maybe not surprisingly at a 94 at the highest. I'm sure it's average is going to be a 92.3. Uh, let's see what Gabe says because he seems <laughs> the most down on it. D! Um, D minus. <laughs> so um, I think I'm sitting kind of between a B and a B plus because um the songs that I think are not great and somebody's going to kill me, but like, I'm, I'm just not high on Supernaut just yet. Like I, I'm not sold on it. Um, Heresy. I think that the, the, the instrumentals are a total waste of time for me. And same Vitus dance is also a little bit weak. So it's got enough weak moments to kind of um, do a little bit of damage changes is like a super huge achievement of like songwriting. Like, I can't say that I'm totally fond of the execution, but I think that, it is a really great song and it doesn't fit at all on this record, but it's great. Um, so uh, given that, I would say, yeah, like sort of B, B slash B plus. 86.5? Yeah, sounds good. That gives us an average of 91. Would you buy this album, gentlemen? Sure. To complete the collection? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have before. I'm sure I will again. Already, I would now. I didn't then just because he had it, yeah. <laughs> so I just listened to it with him, but yeah, I'd buy it now. Awesome. So, well, what are we what are we doing to open year five? I don't know the album after this, I have to confess. To open year four, oh, year five is Sabbath, Holy Sabbath. Is the open, yeah, of course. I'm just looking ahead because what we're doing next, on, David, in terms of get, with the, get with the program. You didn't know that either. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I didn't know it, but I I suspected I it, it with like I, I don't know ninety nine percent certainty. <laughs> I knew they hadn't broken up yet, but I don't know. I wasn't sure which album it was. I know some of the later ones better, believe it or not. I had like Dehumanizer and Mob Rules and stuff. Like I don't, I guess because it was the eighties and I was buying albums. I don't know. Um, the first Black Sabbath album I ever bought was actually Dehumanizer, so I went backwards, or I guess that's the middle. Rodney James Dio. So. Um, and some of the first places I heard Sabbath were in like video games that what rock rock and car racer or whatever that game was that all had all the classic rock and metal playing. You fucking racing on the moon, rock and roll racer. Anyway, the point is, Rodney James Dio exists and the album exists, and I guess it's a ninety-one. I just think of other albums we've given a ninety-one too. I don't know, man. We need a full gut. We need to tuck all the grades down to like D start over <laughs> are you saying there's some great inflation here 
I mean, mm-hmm. part of it is we pick shit we like. I will admit Tracy's random spreadsheet of prog we hated really kept grades in mind. Speaking <laughs> <laughs> of which, Tracy, what are the average grades this year? So, to uh, nobody's surprise, the lowest average grade we had this year was an 82.98. That is courtesy of Mr. VF Holster himself, Ben Murphy. There's no doubt. But next up was the newcomer to add a little balance to mine and David's fanboyism in Gabe's 85.65. And me and David come in next with our fanboyisms at, with me at 86.85 and David at 87.4. That doesn't surprise me. Now, yeah, it sounds about right. Surprisingly enough, looking at the grades, everybody but one their most commonly used grade is an 88. The other one is a 92. I want you guys to guess who that 92 is. No cheating. I think it's you or me. I don't know, man. (laughs) Yeah, I would say me or David. Fuck. (laughs) <laughs> Buck with his one <laughs> what's what album what is it Tracy? who is it it is Gabe with a 92 as his uh, number highest number one but he offsets that with the second highest amount of lower grades given to Mr. Behind Ben trying to like through a murder basement that's all I know so, that's right the person who's given the most A pluses is David Fuck yeah, because it's all flyer or fear factor. <laughs> the shit I like, I tend to like a lot. Yeah, I don't think we did all of those this year, though. No, we didn't. With 18 A pluses. Hell yeah. But I'm second highest with nine. Oh, shit. I'm an asshole. All right, whatever. I don't <laughs> care. No apologies. Um, as for, we introduced a new award halfway through this year. And we dubbed it the Benjamin R. Lindsay Award for the shortest album for the week. The person who had the shortest album of the entire year that we were tracking it was Ben himself with Deicide, Once Upon the Cross. Uh, That was very short. 28 minutes and 10 seconds. (laughs) Yeah, sounds about right. It was like a third of a workout. I was like, shit, Deicide. So just to kind of tell where we all like put our albums at, Gabe was the second shortest with 31 minutes and six seconds and dismembers like an ever-flowing stream. David was second with 31 minutes and eight seconds with Corpse Grinder, Corpse Grinder. And I was last with 35 minutes and 50 seconds, Body Count Carnivore. All the other albums are an hour and 35 minutes. Sorry, Tracy. Sometimes. (laughs) But... The person who had the shortest albums the most was Gabe himself, doubling the second highest with 10 albums and shortest of the week, with me being second with five. Ben actually had the least number of albums, the shortest, at two. Kind of ironic. Yeah, a little bit, but I still had the shortest. (laughs) (laughs) It got in where it counts. Yeah. He earned earned the name, earned uh, your name in the award after you. Yeah. But yeah, those were our anything else you guys like to know about? Day well, since you year? since you get told how many A pluses 
you and David gave. You should probably tell how many me and Gabe gave. None. <laughs> you two are hard men to please. <laughs> oh, I see. Power Slave was in this year. I mean, obviously, I gave a bunch of A pluses. So Ben has three A pluses, and Gabe has one A plus. Like there was one album this year that he really enjoyed. Well, I mean, I think that I probably just take the rubric a little more seriously at times um, than I, than maybe I should. But um, I think, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, were I to put my favorite albums ever on the schedule, maybe they would get an A plus, right? But I don't, I don't think I've tried to do that. You should. I'm trying to find your one A plus. It was um, it was uh, uh, animals as leaders. Oh, from this year. From this year, which I really liked, and nobody else did, which is fine. <laughs> it happens. Just welcome. Did to you the say I had eighteen, eighteen thousand? How many did you, you say? You had eighteen A pluses. Fuck yeah, I did. All of them are power slave. <laughs> For that one song work album, but that, I guess hey. I don't value the opportunity to give A pluses. Maybe <laughs> I appreciate nothing. To, uh, nobody's surprised though. Mr. Benjamin has earned his F hoster mm. name with five Fs. I'm second that, with two. I should have given more. <laughs> I could have given well, more. <laughs> well, you have a D minus, and I'm the only one. The other one has a D minus. But the real magic comes in on his next number, D. You gave 11 <laughs> Ds. You David D's. gave D's four. Nuts. I gave one and Gabe gave two. So, I mean, Benjamin is not afraid of bringing a hammer down where he believes it is deserved. The D holster is like the slightly more upscale thing, like two blocks over. It's got it's some the D hammer. On it. The D hammer. D hammer. F holster in the D hammer. D plus rodeo. <laughs> oh, man. Man. Indeed. 475. I guess this is 476. So 24 more to go until we get to, to 500. I know, which we still need to pick an album for that. We do. We do, for sure. Um, but, you know, before we get out of here, I just want to say to the people who, like all seven of you or whatever it is, who have been listening to us this entire time, thank you so much. We appreciate it. I'm not going to say that we wouldn't be doing it without you, because we probably would. However, I'm glad somebody out there at least finds it amusing enough to listen to. And, you know, feel free to hit us up on our various socials. You can find them. I don't have them memorized, so I'm not going to say them here. And um, <laughs> for a cut for an amazing outfit here. I don't know. That's right. Just we are so well it. prepared. <laughs> well, I'm going to see if I can remember off the top of my head. You got Rev Dangerously for Ben. Yeah. You have Livid Lunch for Gabe, the Pizza Historian for our Pizza Historian for David. And me at Cloica Mantle. Rev Dangerously as it's actually the, the Thunderdome. Yes. Yeah, I'm Ben Dangerously. Okay. So um yeah, but you hit us up there. Um we would like to be a little bit more interactive than we are because the world's on fire and anything, so why not? But yeah, thank you guys. I mean, it, you know, it's it's nice to throw these things out into the void and get the feedback that we do get. I agree with that. When I found out we were Estonia's 17th most popular metal podcast, or whatever it is we probably are, that list is impressive, actually. It's it's a weird era that random people shout out to Brazil. Like I don't know. It's just, 
I would not have imagined when I listened to much of this music that that would be a thing. That's cool. You never knew back when you were 17, we'll get this album. The interweb was brand new, Tracy. (laughs) I certainly wasn't putting original content out uh, that people in Bristol were interacting with. Now you are. Now I am. And so are you, Tracy. I know. Even if we can't see you. Meaning you're not real. I'm not. I'm just a figment of y'all's imagination. What? Our next album, Ben decided to kick us off with Corrosion of Conformity's 2018 album, No Cross, No Crown. Hell yeah, more Black Sabbath. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows next time? Is it Black Sabbath or no? You're Black Sabbath. (laughs) 